Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at vab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are covering Romans chapters 9 through 11, and here Paul talks about the Jews and their past, present, and future relationship with God. But before we get to that, let's do a quick review of the first 10 chapters. Paul's letter to the church in Rome was not just an introduction as to who Paul was since he had never been there, but it also was a doctrinal statement of salvation. Some of the main points so far are, All people have sinned and are guilty before God because the first Adam sinned, which brought sin to all humanity, except for Jesus, side note, who was born of woman and not of Adam's seed and of God. That's why the virgin birth is extremely important. Next, God has made himself known through creation, but some people suppress the truth and believe a lie, but no one is without excuse. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross and died and rose for us. And as a Christian, we die to sin and live in the spirit of new life. The righteous shall live by faith. Abraham was justified by faith before circumcision and before the law of Moses. People are either slaves to sin or slaves to God. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have the life-giving spirit. We are adopted into the family of God. We are known, predestined to conform to the image of Jesus, called, justified, glorified, and we are especially loved. This leads to the next three chapters. So what about the Jews? Paul began that he would be willing to give up his own salvation if the Jews could be saved. Their rejection of the gospel broke his heart because Christianity is founded on the Jewish faith. Their founding fathers are our founding fathers. Their Old Testament is our Old Testament. We just rearranged it a bit. For those of you who have read the Old Testament with me this year, we see that over and over and over and over and over again, the prophets came to the Jews, but they would not listen which brought the exiles and the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. But there was always a remnant, a small group who continued to believe. Verses 6 and 7 of chapter 9 read, But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for they are not all Israel who are descendants from Israel, nor are they all children because they are Abraham's descendants, but through Isaac your descendants will be born. It was through the promise that Sarah would have a son, that the line of Jesus came, and that Rebekah would have sons, and the older Esau would serve the younger Jacob. It was through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that the promise came. Even in Exodus, God said through Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. We read about how in Exodus, sometimes the scripture would say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and at other times it read Pharaoh hardened his own heart. One thing that is clear throughout scripture is that God is sovereign. He is in control. 
We saw that with the rise and the fall of various kings and kingdoms in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we could ask, why did God shine down a light onto Saul and call him to ministry, but he didn't do that to others? We cry out, that's not fair. Yet Paul reminds us in verses 20 and 21, on the contrary, who are you, O man or woman, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this, will it? Or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? Ladies, I have cried this prayer many a times to God. I have cried out, why did you make me like this? The first time I was confronted with the sovereignty of God, I was in college and I went out one evening by the stream which ran through Judson's campus and I paced back and forth and I cried out, it's not fair. I wept. I struggled. It went on for a while until finally I crumpled on the ground and said, you are God and I am not. One other side note, some people take this to the extreme and say that there is no reason for evangelism because God has predestined some people for hell and some for heaven. These people brush off verses like 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slow about keeping his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Then there are others on the other extreme that brush off verses like these about God's sovereignty in place of total free will, which can also be called human responsibility. I'm in the middle. I accept both human responsibility. People have choices and God's sovereignty. He is the ultimate power. For instance, in verse 22, Paul says, what if... God demonstrated his wrath with vessels of destruction. In a Warren Wearsby Bible study on Romans, he wrote, Nowhere does God ask us to choose between these two truths, because they both come from God and are a part of God's plan. They do not compete. They cooperate. The fact that we cannot fully understand how they work together does not deny the fact that they do. When a man asked Charles Spurgeon how he reconciled divine sovereignty and human responsibility, Spurgeon replied, I never try to reconcile friends. Let me also add two more things. Our faith is a process and the Holy Spirit will guide us. So read the scriptures. I went from total free will as a younger person to total sovereignty of God in college to accepting both after my kids were born. The second point to make is to remember God's heart. He is good all the time. And all the time, he is good. He cannot not be good. Now back to Romans chapter 9 with verse 32. Why did the Jews not arrive at the law of righteousness? Because they pursued it by works of the law and not by faith. Then in chapter 10, verses 2 through 4, Paul says, For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. 
for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Ladies, it is so important that you know what you believe and why you believe it. As Christians, we are people of the book, but so many Christians don't have a clue to what the book says. You are not to take my word or your pastor's word or your Sunday school teacher's word. You need to have the knowledge that leads to truth. Read your Bible. It brings life to the soul. Then in chapter 10, we see that the Bible clearly tells us to evangelize. The good news is found in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. There is not a distinction between Jew and Gentile. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 13. Then, but how can they call if they don't know? How can they believe if they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? Pastor Tim Will said, where you are is where you have been sent. People need to share the good news of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Chapter 11 starts with the question, then has God rejected his people? And Paul responds, may it never be. Then Paul explained, just as with the Old Testament, God always had a remnant of believers. Verse 17b reads, but by their transgressions, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Then Paul gives the example of an olive tree. Some of the branches are broken off, some of the Jews, and God has grafted in other branches, the Gentiles. But remember that it is the root that supports the branches and not the other way around. Then Paul warns the readers that just as the original branches were broken off, so will some of the Gentile branches. So we are not to be prideful, but we are to fear the Lord. There will be a time when the hardening of the Jews' hearts will be softened and God is able to graft them back in. I don't know if you've heard of a group called Jews for Jesus, but there are quite a few Jewish people who are coming now to the Lord and seeing that Jesus is their long-awaited Messiah. Then in verse 26a, Paul says that all Israel will be saved due to God's mercy. Then verses 33 through 36, Paul breaks out in praise to God. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So ladies, today if you hear his voice, please don't harden your hearts because there may be a day you can't hear it anymore. I hope you recognize what an amazing gift it is to hear the Lord speak. So if you hear it, 
Let's listen and obey. Until next time, and thanks for listening.